the role of this world is to bind you because only when you're bound can your house be plundered. Your relationships can be plundered. Your career and your job, your business, it can be plundered. Your children can be plundered. All because you are bound. Welcome, everyone, to the Salty Pastor. I am Dr. Douglas Peak, and I am here with you today being salty as ever. As you might know, we are currently in a series called Desperado. And the purpose of this series is to help men try to discover their masculine heart. And there's a lot of men who are growing in their faith. They've got it all figured out. They're on the path. You know, they're ready to go deeper and lead and all these other types of things. And, you know, a lot of times a salty pastor is really beneficial to those men in that camp. But this whole series has been for men who are questioning and what I have found is even men that are really on fire with their mission and purpose in life, and they know why they're here and where they're going and so forth. They know lots of guys in their circle, in their peer group, or among their children who don't know the answer to that really big question. What does it mean to be a man? Why am I here? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do with my life? And so we, I thought it'd be really good to do a series that just helps address the questions these type of men have in order for them to kind of, you know, develop a, a clear vision, mission, and purpose in their life. And so throughout this series, we've talked about different things. And on Tuesday of this week, we studied a, a passage out of Mark chapter three, and it all has to do with how Jesus is saying, that a house divided against itself, it cannot stand. If you want to go in and plunder a strong man's house, you have to first go in and bind the strong man. And his, his point is twofold. And that is, number one, he's not casting out demons on the authority of Satan. It has to be on the authority of God because uh, an altruism is a house divided against itself will fall. And so we, we applied that principle to men. And that is, if you are in conflict with yourself, if you're divided with yourself, if you believe you're meant for this and you live that way, okay? If you believe that your mission in life is this, but you're doing something contrary to that mission, or, or you're working a job that is contrary to working on your life's goal, then that will fall, right? Uh, another place I, I didn't really apply this, it's really important is, if your vision is to marry a woman and have a great relationship, and to have children together and have a family and a life together, but you marry a gal who uh, doesn't come from that kind of character background, that house is gonna fall, right? It's gonna be divided because she doesn't share the same values that you do. And it's amazing to me how many guys uh, in their 20s, late 20s, 30s, get married to women they have no idea what their, this woman's values are. You know, they, they believe, well, religion and faith, that's not a big deal. So let's not get into that. 
What a huge mistake that is because the whole point of faith is about your worldview and your worldview determines all of your values. I mean, every value is tracked back to your worldview. What is the point and purpose of your life? Why are you here? So having those conversations are critically important before you marry someone because man, if that relationship goes bad and you end up on, you guys are on the outs and then your kids, man, your life will be filled with so many struggles and difficulties. And I, so, so I understand the biblical principle here and how true it is for all men. You cannot be a house divided against yourself. Okay. So we talked about that. Then we talked about the second part of what Jesus is saying, and that is in order for someone to come in and plunder the strong man's house, he has to first be bound, right? He has to be bound. And what's interesting about that is I think that the predominant thing happening in society today is the binding of men, right? And that is men, uh, boys are now raised believing that they have no strength, they have no power, and what little power and strength they have is bad or toxic, right? So, so that puts a, a massive conundrum for young men who grow into uh, adults uh, wondering what is the whole point and purpose and value is of my life. Now, you know, I listen to a lot of different secular people and, you know, there's this guy, he's on Joe Rogan's show a lot. He's on a different, different shows. He was a comedian and, you know, he was kind of living a beta male existence and then he got what he calls red pilled, you know, and that is, is he got sober, he got cleaned up. And now I, I'm, I don't advocate this guy as a great comedian. I don't advocate the stuff that he shows, but he does kind of say something that resonates with the heart of most men as adults. So here's a guy who stopped being a beta male and wanted to kind of grow up and get in control of his life because it was out of control. And in some ways he's really hilarious. Some of his jokes are pretty funny, but I just want you to hear just a real short clip about what he has to say about his perspective about now that he's trying to be a man, what it's like in today's world. Let's listen. There's a lot of men my age who, uh, it's not about um, the fight. There's nothing for us to do. You can't reprimand your children anymore. It's, you can't fight anymore. It's more about lawyers. It's like, I just feel like there's a lot of men arriving at a point in their lives where they're like, what is it? Is there any value in me even being a man? That, that's a really great question. In our society, most men are asking themselves, is there any value in being a man? Now, I think you need to understand why this is such a big deal. And I think that we really need to dig into it. And that is this, is that when a man feels that what he does has no effect, in other words, why should I be an upright man? Why should I be an honorable man? Why should I be a man of integrity and work hard when there's no value in it? Then what happens is he becomes a lost man, right? And so then he is like Peter Pan. He goes to the island of lost boys and the goal there is to never grow up. And so what our society is telling boys is don't ever grow up. Now, the intent of all of this social engineering came from the infection of feminism into our public school system. And so in the last 40 years, we have now raised generations of boys who don't want to grow up because they feel there's no value in it because our society does not value any of the masculine traits. Now, the reason feminists did this, and I, I really want to stress this point, and that is, number one, I have a very dim view of modern-day feminism. 
And I have a very dim view of modern feminism for two basic reasons. The first reason is what it has done in this social engineering to men, all right? And how it has so devalued masculinity that it now calls masculinity toxic, and it's gotten so infected into our institutions that the American Psychological Association, the APA, issued a report last year saying that masculinity is toxic. So everything there is about boys growing into men that they're challenged to do is now considered bad. Now, that is really messed up. And it, it, we're starting to see the effects of it. But the other reason why I have a very dim view of modern day feminism is because of what it does to women. And I don't think there's anything for you ladies that is more devaluing of your true nature the feminine beauty of what you are and what you can be, the strength of character and values that come from the feminine, I know some people call it energy, I just call it the feminine spirit of a woman that's created in the image of God, is been so denigrated and so devalued that what you believe is that the only value about you is if you act like a man. If you go out and, you know, you get your own money and your career is more important and you don't need a man. And so what's happened is this usurping of the beauty of the feminine and the beauty of the masculine is created this massive conundrum. And you guys, I think, are a lot like uh, the character in the song Desperado. You know, you're just out riding fences so for so long, you know, and you know, you're just your 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 difficulty is you're going through this world all alone. Now, there's a lot of reasons behind this, but our society is attempting to bind men because it fears the strength of men. Okay. And there's, I, I you know, I'm not a big conspiracy guy. I'm a historical philosophical development guy, but you need to understand a couple things. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, but I'm trying to say that these are real. And that is, is Marxism is a real ideology. Okay. And it is been adopted by massively powerful people, even in America today. And I think it's really important to understand that this Marxist ideology has at its core a fear of a masculine male. They, it, the, the masculine male is the worst person in a social slash communist society. Because things like individuality, hard work, stand on your own, take responsibility for your life, uh, protect, serve, these are values that are contrary to a communist state. What the communists and the Marxists who have infected so many of our institutions today want to do is they want to get rid of the masculine male. And so that is in our colleges, it's in our media, and here's the language that they use. If you go back and you read Marx, and you read what he actually wrote in the Communist Manifesto, if you read what he talks about in Das Kapital, which was his great, you know, magnum opus, I guess you could say, where he criticizes capitalism, is that what he does is he says that there is a group of privileged people 
And if you demonize the privilege, then that allows you to revolutionize the society. Well, where do we hear this word privilege come from now? I mean, 10 years ago, you never heard it, but today it's all about privilege. There's male privilege, patriarchal privileges, white male privilege, white privilege. Well, the whole term white privilege came out of the Black Lives Matter movement. We all know this for sure. And everybody knows, nobody doubts this anymore, that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist ideology movement. They, the, the founders of it even said so, that we are trained Marxists. And so what they're trying to do is they are trying to propagate their ideology. Do I have a problem in a free speech society with someone attempting to propagate their own ideology? No. No, I don't. I think the answer is that it's a marketplace of ideas in the salty pastor has entered into that uh, marketplace. And our goal is to counter with facts and logic and research and truth, right? That there's a philosophical truth here that drives these ideologies that you need to be aware of as a man because it's directly connected to the binding of your strength. You see, there, there is a binding of your strength. Another area, and we talked a little bit about this on Tuesday, where there is an attempt to bind you is in your sexuality. And that is the attempt to use your sex drive against you. The, the biggest way in which society does this is pornography. It gets you addicted to pornography, right? And But now what has happened is that this has really come up in a, the whole transgendered movement. And I don't think people really understand uh, transgenderism and this radical gender ideology, where it comes from and what it's about. And why is it so prevalent? And why is it at the forefront of our media discussions right now? Well, the reasons why is because uh, it is being driven by law, law firms, corporations, and extremely wealthy billionaires, okay? Case in point, uh, over the past decade, there is a group called the Pritzkers, P-R-I-T-Z-K-E-R-S of Illinois. And the Pritzkers are from the dynasty that built the Hyatt Hotels, right? And then they were sold. They're billionaires, okay? Now, you might understand them is that... Uh, they helped put Barack Obama in the White House. Included among their number are uh, U.S. Uh, Secretary of Commerce Penny Pritzker, the Illinois governor, the current governor, J.B. Pritzker, a philanthropist named Jennifer Pritzker, who used to be James Pritzker. And he has three children, but he's transitioned and says he's a female now. And they have used their philanthropic uh, foundations to drive this agenda. And the agenda that they're driving isn't so much a gender ideology, but the new thing is called SSI. And I want you guys to be aware of this. It's called synthetic sex identities. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of the notion that sexuality between males and females is diformis or binary, you know, that you have guys and you have 
gals, you have males and you have females, and sexually they come together. What they want to do is they want to put all sexuality on a spectrum, and then they create these things called synthetic sex identities. And what they're doing is they're using our medical, legal, cultural, and educational institutions against us. I'm reading from uh, an article that is documented all of this, if you listen, if you want to send me an email at Doug at foothills.org, uh, Salty Pastor asking for this article, I will forward it to you. But this uh, blogger has done some phenomenal research, okay? And this is all about how your sexuality is being used against you as a male to bind you. Now, why does the world want to bind you? So it can come in and plunder your house. It wants to steal from you, and that's exactly what it's doing. But let me go on, okay? What has happened is, is the first thing they did is they carved out in 2020 with Bostock versus Clayton County, found that an LGBTQ plus is a protected class for discrimination purposes. And so what they did is then they went to work with the techno-medical complex, big banks, international law firms, pharma giants, and corporate power to solidify the idea that humans were not sexually dimorphic species. Now, this contradicts the reality and the fundamental premises of only traditional religions, but of the gay and lesbian civil rights movements, much as the feminist movement. So what a lot of people don't even realize is that that gay rights and lesbian rights and even feminist rights are all going to be destroyed because they are based on this notion of dimorphic species. But if it doesn't exist, then there's no protected classes for these things, which is a lot of people are not aware of us. And this is why it's so destructive. But anyway, just to give you a couple ideas in 2018, for example, the Ronald Reagan medical center at the university of California, Los Angeles, the Pritzkers are major donors. They hold various titles at this university. And then the department of obstetrics and gynecology, they advertise several options for young females who think they can be men to have their reproductive or organs removed, a procedure that they now term gender-affirming care. So they are uh, mutilating young girls because of this ideology. The Pritzkers became the first American family to have a medical school bear its name in recognition of a private donation of $12 million to the University of Chicago School of Medicine in 1968. But in June of 2022, guess what? They gave a $30 million gift to be invested in the University of Chicago's Biological Sciences Division and School of Medicine. These investments, I'm reading from this article, provided the family with a bridgehead into the world of academic me medicine, which is, has since expanded in pursuit of a well-defined agenda centered around synthetic sexual identities. In 2002, Jennifer Pritzker, who used to be James Pritzker, founded the Tawani Foundation, which now provides funding to Howard Brown Health, Rush Memorial Medical Center in Chicago, University of Arkansas a Medical Sciences Foundation Fund, and the University of Minnesota's Institute for Sexual and Gender Health. It goes on and on and on. And this is why, if you go to med school now, you have to sit through this woke indoctrination about transgenderism as an ideology. Why is this? stuff being presented in our medical schools. It's so anti-science because of this. 
The Pritzker Foundation and the Tawani Foundation is funding these things. Now, why would I bring that up and get into the weeds? Well, I want you to understand, guys, that you live in a world that is highly funded by billions and billions of dollars, international law firms, medical universities, hospitals. Uh, it goes on and on and on, even into our political realm, designed to bind you through the manipulation of your sexual drive. And until you wake up to that, until you understand how they are trying to manipulate you and control you, your sex drive will control you and you'll never control it. And guess what? They can plunder your life. When you're bound, your strength is gone. And you can be plundered in your soul, in your spirit, in your emotions. And you'll live as an adult male feeling emasculated and lost and wondering, why, is there any value to being a man? That's one of the ways our society is binding you, okay? Uh, an, another way that our society, I think, is binding us, so to speak, is in this whole notion of uh, work. And that is, is that uh, unless you are out there making millions of dollars, right, your work is not noble. Now, I, I think it's great when men are successful at what they do and they are fruitful and they have a great harvest. That's really great. But what happens is, is that there is a ideology that tries to convince men that work is bad and it's not good for you. But what happens is when you lose the nobility and the calling of work, you lose something so important and it's called self-respect. It's that notion that the way you live is dependent upon other people. Long time ago, Hank Williams Jr. wrote a song. It's basically, a country boy can survive. And he goes, you know, I know how to hunt deer and I know how to build a cabin. You know, a country boy can survive. And what he, what he was trying to say is that you may denigrate us country folk, but we can stand on our own. Now, that doesn't mean you should go through life isolated as a man. What it means is that men are driven to want to be providers. And that means you need to first provide for yourself. You need to pull your own weight. How can you ever learn that and embrace that if you believe that work is bad for you? So you will spend your time rationalizing how to get out of responsibility instead of asking, how can I take more and challenge myself? When, when a man has a dim view of work, he's bound. And then your strength is gone. It can't be used because you're bound up. And guess what? Your life is plundered. Now, I, I could keep going on, you know, uh, this over and over again about all of these things, whether it be in your work life or your sexual life or your relational life or whatever. The ultimate thing that you have to understand in this parable uh, that Jesus tells in Mark chapter uh, three, he has a, a corresponding thing. It's called a synoptic of the exact same situation in Matthew chapter 12. And I want to say up there, he goes, verse 25, this is going to sound very familiar if you listen to Tuesday's podcast. Any kingdom, Jesus says, divided against itself is laid waste or falls. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. 
So if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? Now, if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Consequently, they will be your judges. So he, there's a little different flavor here because evidently this conversation had happened multiple times. He says, if I, he goes, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He goes, so what he's saying is you guys are afraid because when I do this, you see the issue of power and authority being presented. It comes to the surface. All right. He goes, how can anyone enter a strong man's house unless he first binds a strong man and then he can plunder. All right. So then he goes on and he says this in verse 30, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Now, let's just say for argument's sake, men, you're bound up. I, I don't know how. Maybe you have an addiction in your life. It could be drinking, gambling, anger, aggression. It could be, you know, sexual relationships. It could be pornography. It could be whatever, you know, maybe just being alone and on your own. And, and so you're thinking, okay, I've been bound there. Or maybe you're in a marriage where, you're just not sure how to be a man anymore. You feel maybe a little bit uh, controlled by your wife or that she doesn't have a healthy respect for you. You've been bound. What if in your work, you, you hate what you do. You're not satisfied with it. You're not growing in this area of your life. It just seems like a drudgery. All you're doing is you're going to do this, you know, to put food on the table, right? Provide in some way you've been bound. How do you get unbound? See, that's the question, right? Now, Jesus says something very interesting. If you're not with me, you're against me. So the first thing is, if you want to get unbound, you have to resolve the issue of authority in your life. And that is the lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, if the kingdom of God is upon you because I'm casting out demons, then which side are you on? Are you with me or against me? And to live in the kingdom of God, what you need to do is you need to understand that the kingdom of God is where your will is made subject to the will of Jesus. He is the only king in his kingdom. You can't live in his kingdom and be your own king. You have to submit yourself. This is why Jesus said, I mentioned this on Tuesday, you have to deny yourself. Well, what does he mean by that? I deny myself a hamburger so I lose weight? No. What he's saying is that there's a, there's a part of you, that lost Peter Pan boy that tells you, I want to do what I want to do. And I don't know, you know, yelling and screaming at you, that inner child. And you have to say, shut up and sit down. You're not in charge. Jesus is in charge. I have bent the knee to him, right? So his will reigns supreme in my life in every area. Okay. And then you start to learn what that means. That's the first way that you get unbound. This is so powerful that it has been applied to the 12 step program. Okay. People who are dealing with addictions now it 12 step program, I'll admit it doesn't work for everybody, but it is the largest addiction freeing program in the world. It has helped more people than people who were unable to be helped by it. And it starts with the exact same thing. And that is there is a God. I'm not him. I can't conquer this. I need God's help. You know what that is? That is, I'm submitting my addiction to God. I am giving it to my higher power. I am, he is now the authority. And that is the first step in finding freedom from addiction. 
Okay, so the 12 step took this principle and is applying it and has helped hundreds of millions of people find freedom from addiction. Well, guess what? If you want to be unbound in your life, you got to settle this issue right up front. You have to say, Jesus is king and I am not. I will repent, meaning I will turn from my own desires, from the world's desires, from my own selfishness, and I will turn to Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords of my life. Now, on Tuesday, I mentioned this a little bit towards the end, and that was simply this. No one in the New Testament ever records Jesus going up to somebody and saying, would you accept me? He never says that. He goes up to people and he says, follow me. He gives them a command. And here's a command. If you're not with me, you're against me. Now, why is this important? Okay, well, check this out. If you go to the end of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43, listen to what he says. Now, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Hmm. So let's say you're out there on your own. You start overcoming your addictions. You get a, a sense of purpose in your life, but you're still doing it on your own, right? You're, you, you're, you're conquering these demons. You're conquering these spirits that are binding you up, but you're doing it on your own. You know, you got a bunch of guys out there that are kick butt, take charge of your life kind of guys, and, and they're helping you do that. He goes, so you're, you get victory over him. Then verse 44, then it says, I will return to my house, the evil spirit, which I came, and when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. So you can, guys, you can work really hard to get your life together. You can do the work, and you can get it all figured out, get your life swept in order and together, and conquer your demons. But eventually, if you don't settle the issue of authority in your life, that that demon will come back and find your life in order. And then listen to this. So the demon then goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and they live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will be with this evil generation. You see why it's so important to resolve this issue of authority in your life? Because you can do all the work on your own. You can have success. You can get a lot of things done. You can hang around like-minded people that push you, positive attitudes, set goals. You could get that going. But if you don't settle the spiritual issue of authority, that demon that you conquered is going to come back and it's going to bring its friends and it is going to be worse than you ever could imagine. I mean, we don't have to look far to see this all the time. Look at all these rock stars that became famous and then they kick their, you know, then they have all these addictions and problems. They kick all of that. And then, you know, like Prince, then suddenly they die. You know, it's just boom, they're dead. Why? Because the demon came back and brought all of his friends. And see, that's what's really important. I want you guys to understand. If I can leave you with anything today on this podcast to help you, it's this. The role of this world is to bind you because only when you're bound can your house be plundered. Your relationships can be plundered. Your career and your job, your business, it can be plundered. Your children can be plundered. All because you were bound. And my challenge for you guys is this. 
Live unbound. Don't let this world bind you up and control you. Live free. Come out off of the range and let God love you. Settle the issue of authority in your life and bend your knee to him. There's no other way around it because you don't want all this hard work that you're going to do of your soul being purged for those demons to come back and bring their friends because they will plunder your life. And I don't want that for you. I want your life to be filled with victory. I want it to be filled overcoming. I want you to discover the strength of how God created you in a pure and righteous masculine heart. But that will only be found when you submit yourself to him and him alone, our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. So don't miss out. Now, before we go, I just want you to watch the uh, video for the boot camp coming up. Uh, hopefully we'll have a link in there so that you can go and register. And I just like you to watch this thing. It's 40 seconds long to just give you a little oomph about coming and discovering how Jesus is king and king alone. Let's watch it. So get registered as soon as you can. It's seven weeks away, seven weeks from today. It starts on a Thursday night at six o'clock up at Trinity Pines, which is uh, a really close to part of a cascade. Uh, it's not right on the lake, but it's right up there. Don't miss out, guys. If you can come into town and fly up here, I would love to have you there for boot camp. Uh, you're going to love it. It's going to be a great time. So God bless Everyone who listens to this podcast, Salty Pastor signing off. Blessings.